Thanks for listening to the Granary Church Podcast. For more information, head to granary.org.au or follow us on social media at The Granary Church. Hi, Granary. Hi, guys. We're John and Kay Hodge. We also have Abraham, who's three, and Eleanor, who's one. They're currently taking a nap. And we are a missions family who are supported by The Granary Church. For the last five years, we've been working in northern Nigeria with an organization called CFM. Recently, this year, we started our own ministry called Seek Peace. And Seek Peace, uh, we're continuing to work with CFM as one of our partners with a view to also look for new and um, additional ministry partners working in conflict-affected parts of the world. And the type of missions work that we do is centred around peace-building, religious and ethnic um, peace-building with a centre on the theology of missions and the theology of what it means to build peace. And the project we're working with at the moment is a project that establishes um, computer training centres in conflict, post-conflict affected regions, which bring together youth from both a Muslim background and a Christian background to study under the same roof. Um, we also give them peace building or reconciliation training during the process of that with uh, a vision to, to show what it means to, to be Christians and to build peace in these regions that are devastated by conflict. Yeah, so we're currently working... We have six centres that we're partnering with, uh, and they're all. Most of them are in Middle Belt or Northern Nigeria, uh, in regions that have have had um, a long history of both religious and ethnic violence. So the question that we are discussing today is about um, the mandate of mission in Scripture, or, and and what do we think that is? Yeah, and I guess our understanding of or what where we've come to at this point is that the mandate of missions in Scripture centers around the story of the narrative and the arc of scripture as a whole and what it means for us to be image bearers within creation. Yeah, so when God created the world and he created humanity in it, he created um, humanity to reflect his image within that creation. And we see that that takes quite a sharp departure and we suddenly see this theme in scripture where mankind is no longer reflecting the image of God, but they're reflecting the image of humanity within the creation. And you see vast empires rise like Egypt and Babylon. You see systems of oppression. You see persecution. You see inequality. And you see all that contrasted with, with um, ultimately this image of Jesus Christ. And the original image of Eden. And I think there's a people within Scripture who are really interesting. These are the people of Israel, God's chosen people within Scripture. And we see within them this kind of wrestle with the Lord throughout history and throughout the narrative of times where they play this role and they they follow the Lord um, in his instruction and play this role of being image bearers within creation and other times where they walk a different way and they walk the way of humanity, of of, of idolatry and, and the way of empire. And you see the relationship that they have that develops with God over as them as a people throughout history and how God is constantly working with them alongside them to restore them to this place of image bearing. Yeah, and there's some really obvious times where you see it contrasted really sharply, um, particularly in the images of Saul and David. You see Saul as this mighty charismatic man who we would all choose to, to lead our, our kingdoms. And then you see the person that God goes with is this humble shepherd boy called David. And you see his story arc and, and the way that he pursues after God's own heart. And it's often those softer qualities, the forgiveness, the those things that we often in our history so often overlook. 
And you see this little thread emerge throughout scripture where it's God is bringing about these, the, the meek and the mild to overthrow power and persecution and oppression. You see it so often in scripture. Mm, it's and those that are humble and lowly, you know, not just humble as an attribute, but lowly in position. It's people that have been excluded often, people who have been marginalized, women, those who are systemically kind of held back or oppressed. Mm. And the prophets understood it, really controversially, always getting rebuked, always getting killed for it. But they would talk about how God is restoring his creation. He's restoring his original purpose for humanity through the meek and the mild. And Isaiah, in the midst of them being oppressed by a mighty empire, Babylon, talks about how God will save the world through a suffering servant, through a meek and mild suffering servant. Mm -hmm. And we know that's setting up the character of Jesus, who ultimately, when he... God takes on human flesh and his birth into creation. He shows what it means to reflect God's image in creation. And we see how Jesus prioritized his time. We see him with compassion, caring for the oppressed, caring for the persecuted, sticking up for those who struggle to find equality where they should be finding equality. Yeah. And so our role in missions, what we come to understand it to be, means walking the way of Christ, following his example, what he did what he did in his actions and what he gave us in his words and bringing that hope to freedom and for liberation to the lives of people who are stuck and who are trapped in yes. the systems of oppression in our world today. So missions is bearing God's image in creation and choosing not to bear our own. Yeah. Thanks, Greenery. Thanks, guys. Hi, we're the Wilsons. I'm Charlie. I'm back. <laughs> I'm Archie. And I'm Marty and this is my wife, Amy. We moved to Port Vila, Vanuatu in 2019 and we live and volunteer at a local school called Life Changer Christian College and this school reaches out to some of the poorest communities in the local area, um, giving education to children that probably otherwise wouldn't go to school. Uh, my main role here in Vanuatu is working in vocational training, which is quite funny because I have no background in vocational training. And so it's, it's interesting the way God works um, we've learned that you just have to be adaptable and, and flexible and, and um, I guess, fulfil the needs that the local people um, see as important. So there's a high level of unemployment and unskilled workers in the country. So th- there's a huge need for training in areas such as tourism and building. So I worked alongside a local couple, um, Willie and Lloyd Jacob, who many of our friends at the granary might know, uh, we set up an institute called uh, Gateway Institute that is um, seeking to provide some of this education, much-needed education for, for young people here. I also have a couple of um, younger um, young adults that I work with. One is a painter, one is a builder, um, trying to help them set up small um, sustainable businesses to help them and their family and their community Uh, which has been really exciting and a lot of fun as well. So my role as a registered nurse here involves running the school's wound clinic, which means at each lunchtime I train and mentor the senior students um, to help run that clinic. And it's been exciting to see some of them become interested in wanting to be nurses. Mm. I also teach um, health to the younger years, so um, nutrition, dental care, um, basic hygiene. And I guess one of the most exciting ministries that we're involved in as a family is reaching out to our local village to Lily. So I run a wound clinic there each week and Charlie will come along with me and run some games or craft with the kids there. Many of these kids come from broken homes, um, so it's great to 
um, get alongside them, um, but also provide for physical needs. Um, a lot of them have sores in their legs or different skin diseases like scabies or ringworm. Through this ministry, we've been able to connect with a lot of families there. And even recently, we've been able to start a small literacy group for some older kids who have never gone to school. And our connect group at the Granary has been really pivotal in helping us get that up and running. Um, and that will run until the end of the year. These students will learn to read and write for the first time. And that's run by a local mum who is being supported by us in, in how to teach. And that's been really exciting to be part of and the kids are doing really well. I think when it comes to calling and mission, it's a word that's spoken a lot about. And for us, certainly, we, we felt a strong calling from um, our sort of teenage years. Yeah. So um, it's always been, overseas mission has always been something we've been really interested in doing as a family. I think we never had that sense where we knew exactly where we should go and what exactly we should do, as some yeah. people have um, in the sense of a calling. And I think if we'd waited around for um, an itinerary like that from God, I'm not sure if we ever would have got it. Mm. So um, when an opportunity to move overseas came about, we took a step of faith as a family and um, and gave it a go. And we love living overseas and we really do feel that this is where God has called us to be. Mm. And I think sometimes you have to be active in that as well. So um, we God had placed this desire in our hearts and we didn't just sit there and wait to be teleported somewhere else we had to actively get involved and we did that when we were newly married doing some missionary training and different things and just being open to wherever god might take us um so we're we're all called to be followers of jesus and to love others uh, and to um, share his love with those people around us and uh we just feel as though that's what we're doing here we're just living um, as Christians in this place and uh, just trying to seek to, to love others and to, um, I guess, be Jesus to those people that God puts in front of us. Thanks for your support, Granary Church. Bye. Hi, Granary Church. We are Brent and Heather Madsen. We're the directors of Youth with a Mission Training Center located in Mazatlan, Mexico. We've been with YWAM for over 24 years, and 18 of those years we've been located in Mexico. We'd like to take this time now to just tell you a little bit about what we do over there and how you can maybe even be involved. Heather and I, as we direct YWAM Mazatlan, um, our call has been uh, from the Lord to really help mobilize young people into missions. Our heartbeat is really for uh, mobilizing the Latin church, Mexicans in particular, and the salsa, the essence of who they are, into um, the world. They carry passports that get them into nations, into cultures that still have so many nations needing to be reached with the gospel. And so God has planted us there as a Kiwi and an American to actually, to learn the language, mm-hmm. to uh, help um, be a bridge to the nations uh, for Latins, if you like. Uh, to date, we've uh, probably trained and mobilized over 1,500 plus uh, young people. Primarily young people is what we're seeing mobilized through Waimo Mazatlan, through our, our, our gateway, if you will. Uh, so... We, we, we lead and manage a large uh, community, well over 100 staff now, and, um, and have many different facets of, um, uh, of the operation that we do. So we've seen God move wonderfully um, in our lives personally. Um, he's a pr- personal provider. He has always been uh, faithful to 
provide every single thing that we need. And then when we see um, the development of a campus, uh, him providing uh, you, you know uh, amounts of money with uh, six digits on a regular basis. And so he just blows us away in how God uh, speaks and says for us to do things. And then we see the creative ways in which he provides. Um, so he's done that not just for us at a, a, a corporate level, but we see it daily and the transformation of young people's lives through our training schools and seeing people who come and get totally turned on for God. Um, and then, of course, we're seeing action into the city where through programs like Homes of Hope, where we build homes for the poor, we see families completely transformed. I think of a story of a young man who at age 10 received a home in Mazatlan, uh, then he went on to finish high school because now he had the dignity and some of the provision in his life through a wonderful home. Uh, he went and studied as a marine engineer, and he ended up into Australia some years later working on YWAM ship out of Townsville, can you believe it, and served into Papua New Guinea. God's amazing how he um, works with those that um, come and help give of their time and generosity through building homes and then also into the community where he is um, encouraging people to trust him for big things like that young man's life. Together with our outreach um, there in the city, we've also seen God uh, speak to us about reaching beyond just uh, the shores of Mazatlan. And uh, we we have acquired a, a ship which <laughs> was in pretty rough shape, uh, spent two to three years on dry dock, can you believe it? That takes that long. And now after um, we've seen the Lord provide about 800 to 900,000 US dollars for a complete refit that vessel and now is brand spanking new and is ready to take 27 people on board at a time. Again, we've seen uh, God taking things from uh, just what he's spoken through infancy and then encouraged us along the way and provided to um, see his heart to reach those that are isolated, the lost, those that are forgotten, and then also for us to be able to write, write redeeming stories to a city uh, where we come from, which is at times uh, named or having bad um, uh, a bad rap about being a city that's sort of ravished with uh, the drug cartel activity to actually having a name, a new name, where God would call it a city of mercy and compassion that it would go out from its shores to help and um, be compassionate towards those that are, are in need. And so we are um, seeing God write a redemption story in Mexico for his people and engaging his people into his mission. Their Bibles in Mexico says the same things as ours, go into all the world and make disciples. And in Mazatlan, that's what our call has been, and we're so delighted to see how he's used us to help uh, take so many young people now out into uh, the mission field from the, this corner of the world. Bless you. Hi, Granary Church family. This is Pete and Rahil Burgess um, from Amsterdam, the Netherlands. We've been here about five years working with Youth with a Mission. I'm part of the leadership team here in Amsterdam and the communication and mobilization team. Yes, and I work with the DTS, the Discipleship Training School, um, where we have yeah, multiple run in each year, and I'm leading one of them currently. 
yeah, we got asked to share a little bit um, about the question on, yeah, how to consider God's call to missions in, in our lives. Um, There's something that we're really excited about and passionate about as well. Um, yeah, because we really believe that God's heart for missions is for each and every one of us. Um, you know, for some people, it looks like going overseas, leaving their home and being in a different country, different culture. But I also believe that God's call um, to missions is for, um, yeah, for all of us in our hometown, in our workplace, in our friend groups. And we really believe that, um, yeah, it's it's so simple in a way for us to to step into missions it doesn't always need to be this broad and big thing of of leaving and going but actually being available right where you're at and i believe believe god's call to missions is for all of us to go and make disciples and to to teach people um about god and and to share with them who jesus is and we believe that that is possible in whatever season of life we're in, whatever um, surroundings we're in and whatever circumstances we're in. And so we want to, um, yeah, even maybe challenge your thinking in that of how can you, no matter where you're at, no matter what you're doing right now, how can you step into a life of missions and, and being a missionary in your workplace, being a missionary in your friend group, being a missionary as being the stay-at-home mom, whatever it looks like where you're at right now, I, I want to encourage you and I want to say that I believe that it's God's heart for you to step into missions and for you to step into sharing the gospel with people and loving people in that way. So yeah, as I said, I think um, it's something for all of us, not just for a few that are called to, you know, full-time ministry. Obviously, it's a huge part of missions, but I believe God's call for missions is for each and every one of us. We just need to ask him, what does it look like for me with where I'm at? And how how can I step into, yeah, your call to missions in my surroundings and with the people that you have given me? And another another part that we felt to emphasize is um, our unreached people groups, mm. uh, families, nations that have never heard the gospel, because we, we really see that in the, the New Testament that Jesus and the apostles were really called um, mm. to those who had never heard about Jesus and even back to the call and the blessing of Abraham that God wanted to, for all nations to be blessed, for all families mm. to be blessed through them and, and through the message of Jesus. So that is such an exciting thing um, that as we've stepped into it and, and the God has led us on our own story, that we have only grown more excited and passionate about mm. the more um, we get to go and see where uh, the church is beginning to thrive, where people are beginning to know Jesus and it's transforming their lives and their communities. Um, it's such an amazing thing. So our, our encouragement and invitation to, to you, Granary family, is how might you be a, um, a help or a part of, of, of what um, God is doing um, in these nations on the front lines where people are um, maybe for the first time uh, hearing the gospel. So maybe that's going on a mission trip yourself. Maybe that's going for a portion of your life and sharing um, the gospel with uh, a group of people who've never heard. Um, maybe that's praying. When you do a bit of research and, and, and make some friends with people who are missionaries, you can really be praying for specific things um, in these nations, um, which is, is, is such a help and such a blessing also to give uh, financially. Um, maybe the Lord is putting that upon your heart. So 
we are so grateful that we get to also be a, a part of of this one mm. one one piece in in the puzzle even of the greenery family to be here in Amsterdam where God has called us. So we're so grateful and um yeah, I guess our encouragement to you I would be just to ask the Holy Spirit mm. how you would he would have you respond today and um yeah. For yeah, in that for all of us as the body of Christ to say we we're walking together in this hand yeah. in hand and to say, Lord, what is what is my part in this? What is my step to take in, in missions and in reaching the ends of the earth with um, your love? So, yeah, indeed, encourage you to, to ask these questions and to step into those. Great. I love you lots. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. Take some time now to consider what really stood out to you in that message. God has been speaking to you. What is it that he said to you? If you're in the room with someone else, turn and share with them what stood out to you. And I say to them, how can I pray for you? Share with them something that you love about God and something that you're thankful for this week. Or phone someone and ask them those questions. What do you love about God? What are you thankful for this week? And how can I pray for you? Bless you and have a great week.